Power Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. Now, on today's show, we'll be exploring the ways in which mythology and astrology are connected to healing and anatomy. Melanie Weller is here to share how these ancient paths can help us to better understand our illnesses and pain and can empower us to heal. Are you ready to meet her? Melanie Weller is a physical therapist, board-certified orthopedic clinical specialist, certified athletic trainer, and certified exercise expert for aging adults. Melanie's gift is in helping patients identify the spiritual underpinnings of their physical dysfunction. She uses her technical skills and psychic medium shamanistic skills to create systems for understanding the physical expression of our internal narratives. You can find out more about Melanie and her work at MelanieWeller.com. Melanie, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you so much, Karen. I'm so excited to talk with you today. Well, you've got me curious just from the get-go. Astrology and mythology are connected to our bodies, to our physicality. What what does that even mean? The easiest way to um, astrology is really the easiest way to grab onto this, but it works beyond just the beyond Western astrology and with other myths as well. But for example, in astrology, Aries rules the head, and the ventricles of our brain look just like the ram's horns for Aries. Taurus rules the throat. And the way our hyoid bone in our throat sits on top of our larynx looks just like the symbol for Taurus. Our aortic arch is the same shape as the symbol for Leo, and Leo rules the heart. And this works the whole way through the body. Why? I think that... The rule that I, the only rule that I really see over and over and over, because patients' bodies present in so many different ways, is that there's an as above, so below rule. And I think that as we are quite literally made of stardust and fractals of the cosmos, I think this is a way that we, um, that we connect to the bigger picture and that we connect to each other. And that it's, you know, perhaps even the very, definition of oneness at its root it also has at least as i as i personally understand the physical and energetic components that make up our our wellness uh kind of body mind and spirit it also to me feels like these are powerful carriers of story so you know i've got my own story about being in my own body but because as you said we are literally stardust we're part of a much bigger story happening too Absolutely. We are part of a much bigger story. And the story is so important in healing because the difference between acute or subacute pain and chronic pain is that chronic pain gets stuck in your limbic system, which is where your emotions are. And you need an emotional reaction to unlock your pain from that part of your brain. And as humans, we connect with story more than process. And 
in and the myth really I find in so many cases helps identify the spiritual underpinnings of the physical dysfunction at hand. So can you give us an example of, 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 a, of a time or of a case when bringing someone into awareness of that astrological or mythological connection, the story connection, helped them release some of their pain? Absolutely. One of the uh, common, one of the things that I've seen multiple times is, um, is with headache patients. So in Greek mythology, Athena was born of Zeus's head ah. because Zeus ate her mother. And Athena is associated with an owl. And you have a bone in your head called your sphenoid bone that looks just like an owl. And so I've had many chronic headache patients who have relationships or even whose parents had relationships with gigantic power imbalances. Because where you could literally say that one ate the other. Mm. And so that plays out often. It, it will manifest physically as headaches. And so as you help your patients or clients become aware of that, how does that help them release those headaches? In a couple of different ways. I think, you know, one, when they, when they realize the pattern, then they can shift their, you know, even if they can't shift the situation, they can often shift their perspective around it and gain a bigger story. Mm-hmm. So they're not so stuck in the particular story of, you know, whatever they've created around their headaches in the moment. The other aspect of it is that there is literally an energetic imprint of an owl that lives in your head. <laughs> and so the, for me, then being able to, you know, take all of my technical skills, but then also take my ability to f- feel energy and to see what's happening with this owl. And if the owl is hiding under its wings or facing the wrong way, or it's all, uh, twisted up like a, you know, being wrung out like a wash rag, that being able to shift that energy allows somebody to step back into their own power. And it just never ceases to amaze me how easy or how quick some of those changes can be because the, um, when, when you, when I treat the physical aspect of the body, which I've done for over 25 years, the I don't always get the energetic shift, but when I get the energetic shift, the physical stuff just starts to really unwind beautifully with it. And there, I'm just feeling into that energy of the difference between why is this always happening to me? Why do I get this headache? Why is this happening to me? And what you're talking about to me shifts that energy to, oh, wait, I understand it's connected to these other things. I can hold this energy in a different way. And so now when I experience the headache, it's not something that's happening to me. It's a reminder of things that are happening in, in, in me. I don't know if that made sense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's, you know, often you can say, oh, this isn't even my headache. This was my mother's headache, or this was my grandmother's headache, or, you know, this is really somebody else's trauma that I'm holding. And we understand scientifically now that we do inherit the traumas of our ancestors. 
but we don't have to carry those traumas, right? Absolutely. We do not have to carry them. And when people realize that it's not theirs, it becomes very easy in many cases for them to go, oh, I'm just going to leave that behind. And, And it allows the pain to subside and it allows the it literally shifts the mechanics of your body. Your posture alone will shift your hormones in your body. Wait, what? So this is out of uh, Amy Cuddy's, uh, she has, Amy Cuddy has a, a beautiful TED talk on how your body language shapes who you are. And in her, she's a Harvard professor in her research, they found that standing like Wonder Woman for two minutes, you know, like your favorite superhero, raises your testosterone levels and lowers your cortisol levels. And cortisol is your stress hormone. So it increases your confidence, reduces your stress. So, and as a physical therapist, I've worked on posture with people for my entire career. You know, that's the foundation of a lot of what we do as a profession. Oh my gosh, I love that. So just like literally standing tall, standing big, standing strong, strengthens and expands systems in the body. I had knee surgery in December and one of the things I went to physical therapy and one of the things they had me do was stand, like put one uh, put one foot in front of the other, like heel to toe and mm-hmm. try to balance there. I thought they were probably doing that just for the comic amusement of the people who were <laughs> at the physical therapy place because it was hilarious, I guess, if you weren't doing it. But it reminded me, me with my weird way of thinking as I was doing that, it reminded me that I was now literally taking steps to bring my body back into balance. And so that every day when I was there redoing those exercises, I could kind of almost feel myself coming back online and, and into line, not just physically, but energetically. That's pretty cool. Absolutely. Every expression of your anatomy and physiology and posture and movement is also an expression of the voice of your body. And I have given voice to people's pain for many years to say, what is it coming from? And in, in my backgrounds in treating complicated chronic pain patients that haven't had success anywhere else. So, you know, I always, you know, for most of my, you know, the last 10 or 15 years, I've always gotten the people that just didn't figure out, you know, that nobody else was able to figure out. And so, you know, you learn very quickly not to do the things that they've already had done because they didn't work the first 10 or, you know, these people have been around the block a few times and it, um, but being able to, uh, to give their pain a voice just with the, you know, and my ability to kind of connect what the spiritual underpinnings are intuitively, but then now to really systematize it in a way that can empower them so they can go connect to a bigger story themselves and think about what this means to them and to give them a couple myths or a couple archetypes to go uh, to go look at has just really profoundly accelerated uh, my ability to facilitate healing in others. What do you mean when you say the voice of the body? Well, pain is always a message. Your body, you know, your body's telling you something. And we understand that at a very basic level, you know, if something, you know, if it hurts to do something, don't do that. <laughs> or that there's, you know, there's a, a warning message in there. But I also think that there, but, but I also, I'll say, I also know there is, it, it is asking you 
to uncover what your authentic voice is and to step into your authentic self more fully. And to uh, there's an Andean uh, tribe whose uh, tradition is, to, or one of their sayings is that your future is behind you, propelling you forward, and your past is in front of you, waiting for you to make peace with it. Huh. And so a lot of those things from the past, whether they're from your childhood or from your um, karmic past or from your ancestors past that you, you know, they literally will trip you up, you know, and they can leave you with knee pain and hip pain and back pain and things like that. And that you, um, there is just always a message in it. And when you get the message, the pain shifts with very, the pain shifts very quickly. Does, and you've been doing this for a long time. Does for a long everyone's, time, yeah. was, does everyone's body have a, have a different voice or is the true voice of the body part of that larger expression? Kind of what I'm thinking of, like that story that is in the stars. Mm -hmm. I think that, I, I mean, I think that at the root, there's, there's absolutely a similarity, but between everybody's voices and that they're, you know, but at the same time, everybody's different. So it kind of shows up in a different shape or a different pattern or a different color or whatever, you know, different flavor, <laughs> however you want to, um, to say that. And, you know, certainly being able to connect, you know, as humans, we're all here, you know, whether we're making love or business or art or babies or whatever, that that's all our, you know, we all, we're creating every day, you know, we're creating our own realities, we're creating our work, we're creating our lives. And we have to be able to move that creative energy into creative expression through our voice. And when you can't move it, you know, if you talk in terms of chakras, if you can't move it from your second chakra up through your fifth chakra to express it, if it gets stuck somewhere, then it's going to show up adversely within the within the body. You're listening to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager, and I'm talking with Melanie Weller. We're talking about that connection between astrology, mythology, the bigger stories, and the stories that play out in our anatomy and in our energetic bodies. You can find out more about Melanie and her work at MelanieWeller.com. That's M-E-L-A-N-I-E-W-E-L-L-E-R, MelanieWeller.com. In your years of practice, what are some of the most common things that people present with and how have you released them? Well, my probably my favorite diagnosis to work with is headaches. And the um, but really, I look at because not everybody presents exactly the same, what I do is a full body evaluation on everybody. So I look at my clinical expertise is in decompressing the vagus nerve. So I have a system for that. And I do my physical therapy evaluation, my vagus nerve assessment, and then do the energetic assessment. The I really, um, you know, I see lots of neck pain and back pain hip pain, knee pain kind of thing, uh, issues. I've also treated a lot of anxiety, um, 
depression, but it's always the, because we're physical beings, our bodies speak often first in a physical way. So you have to do those. Uh, the first layer is very often just doing those physical releases to open up the respiratory diaphragm and get the cranial mechanics back and, you know, balance the pelvis and do the real structural stuff. And then you can move on to the energetic pieces of it. Can you say a little bit about the vagus nerve? Because I've, I've read that you've said it's the foundation of everything. It's connected to everything. I don't know what the vagus nerve is. The vagus nerve is your 10th cranial nerve. It comes out of your brainstem, so it's outside of your spinal cord. It, um, so the easiest way to think about it is when we get stressed. It's your big stress and pleasure and inflammation mediating pathways. So when we oh. get stressed and we get a lump in our throat and our heart races and our palms sweat and we get constipation or diarrhea, that's all because our vagus nerve get, has gotten dialed down and it's not firing as well as it could. As a physical therapist, I look at how the vagus nerve can get pinched. And, you know, beyond those little stress mediating and inflammation mediating functions, your vagus nerve does a whole host of, of other things. And the research on it is amazing. They do use, an, uh, especially when they do vagus nerve stimulation for, um, they'll put it on an electrical stimulator on the vagus nerve at the level of the neck and it'll shift insulin resistance in, diabetic, in diabetics, um, how well your vagus nerve functions predicts how uh, longevity with, when you get diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. So it's got some really amazing things going on with it. But when I look at it while it's, but I look at where it gets pinched and because it goes, it innervates your digestion. And in women, it goes all the way down into the pelvis, into the cervix and clitoris. So it can get caught at the base of your skull, around your vocal cords, through your chest, in your diaphragm and in your pelvic floor. Wow. And so when we get experience, we know scientifically that trauma always affects the voice and the breath and your voice, your vocal cords and your respiratory diaphragm are horizontal muscles. And I would contend that it doesn't just affect trauma, it affects more from a muscular sense than the voice and the breath. And the vagus nerve uses the same neurotransmitter that your muscles use. So you get these really beautiful muscular changes when you treat the vagus nerve. And I think on a more metaphysical scale that it, the vagus nerve is really are like the mycelium network of the earth that connects all of the trees and plants together. It kind of connects everything together in the body. And I think that the Laniakea supercluster of which our little Milky Way galaxy is one small part reminds me very much of the vagus nerve. <sighs> There's that bigger connection again. What, how, how can, how can we just regular people be aware of and caring for the health of our vagus nerve? I have, uh, if you go to my website, there's a button that says, find out more about the Osiris wound. And that contains a free vagus nerve decompression course and integrates, uh, some background on the mythology too. And I offer, um, I have a group that where we meet weekly and I go over different ways uh, uh, that 
the mythology and archetype connects to the body and the vagus nerve. And there's a whole portal of previous courses that I've taught in there too, some very specific to the vagus nerve. Is I'm trying to remember, is it Osiris who went to the underworld? Is that who that is? Can you remind me who Osiris he did, is? did, yeah. He, I, yes. And part of the sort of how that happened just in the, in the very short version is that his brother tricked him into laying down in a coffin that then the soldiers all nailed shut and sent down the Nile river. And then Isis went and saved Osiris. But when uh, Osiris's brother, Seth found out about it, he chopped him up into pieces and spread his, uh, depending on which version, you know, spread his uh, body parts down the Nile or across all of Egypt. And, we use dismemberment metaphors in our language all the time. We say we're falling apart. We can't get it together. Our hearts are broken. We feel scattered. Our lives are shattered. And so to me, Osiris is really a metaphor for all of our stress. And and that's at some level what happens to our energy too. It gets kind of shattered and scattered and broken. And sometimes we need a little bit of extra help uh, to put it all back together so that we have all of our personal power and we have our full voice. And putting that back to remembering, putting, putting the pieces back together can, can take time and requires compassion because I think sometimes those harsh voices, like I can't get it together. What's the matter with you? Pull yourself together. Sometimes those harsh voices, at least in my experience, re-inflict some of the trauma that Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. When we really, and at the end of the day, the self, the self-compassion is the most healing, you know, when you can, when you can get to that point, that is, um, that's incredibly powerful for healing to take away the judgment and the harshness on yourself. When you are working with people, and I know you work remotely as well as in person, is that right? I do. So yes, yeah, um, that's because time and distance doesn't matter when we're talking about energy. Um, when you're working with people who've tried everything, the people who've come to who've come to you, and they've been to the last fifteen healers, and it's never worked, and it's never going to work, and they're just showing up because you're not. How do you deal with? resistance, resistance to change, resistance to healing. I think sometimes we get so used to carrying our own pain that right. we forget we can let go of it. Oh, I, I totally agree. I think that um, in the people with the most resistance, I'm often, you know, just through the, through my process, I do a lot of education too, and get them to kind of, um, to be able to see kind of what's going on in their bodies to try and, you know, to really get them to connect so that when we're finished, even if their pain isn't completely gone, that they've had a glimpse of something that like, oh my gosh, I had no, like this has been stuck like this for such a long time and oh my gosh, it's different. And I can't really believe or figure out what's, what's happened. And you know, the, the myths start to start a conversation that is often easier to hold about what's going on than rather than making it personal. So it kind of takes the, 
working through the myth actually decreases the resistance. No, that makes sense because it, especially with those harsh voices, we can be very personal. You know, yes, that, yes, that trauma happened to me, but maybe I brought it on myself. Maybe I should have let go of it years ago. Maybe it was my fault. And what you're talking about is a way of, um, with compassion, stepping back. Um, so, um, and I'm just seeing, I'm just seeing from our producer that we have only two minutes left. I got very excited and forget, I forgot to watch the clock. <laughs> no, that's okay. Right. Well, you can <laughs> step in into a bigger story when you're not so addicted to your own story. Then you step into that bigger story. Then all of your symptoms start to soften. Ah, 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 very good. And I'm just, this is a good time for just for you to say, tell us about your website and tell us as I just bring myself back to the present moment. Um, tell us about your website and how listeners can connect with you and keep learning from you. My website is melanieweller.com and I have an archetypal healing circle that meets weekly. And there's a big button for that on the left side of my website. And there's a button for signing up on my email list under learn more about the Osiris wound on the right side. They're right next to each other. And that's the best way to keep in touch. Melanie, thank you very much for being for being on the program. We started big and then rocketed to, to a quick end. Thank you very much for being here. Uh, thank you so much, Karen. I appreciate it. That is Melanie Weller, and you can find out more about Melanie and her work, the classes, the education she offers, the insight that she gives on physical and energetic matters at MelanieWeller.com. That's M-E-L-A-N-I-E-W-E-L-L-E-R.com, MelanieWeller.com. And of course, you're always welcome over at KarenHager.com. It's a great place to check out what's coming up next on this radio program, hear about upcoming classes and events, and you can even book a private session with me if you are so inclined. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace.